And that's why you don't record a podcast during the day. What's going on, everybody? This is the Cover Band Confidential Podcast, the podcast for cover band musicians and band leaders to learn how to rock more and suck less in Atlanta, Georgia. I am Adam Johnson. In Greensboro, North Carolina, I'm Dan Ray. You know, I wanted to change things up because, you know, it's a holiday weekend and sometimes, you know, you record at 8, 30, 9 o'clock at night and there's just not, you don't have as much juice. All the children are abed. All the who's are a snooze. Well, and, and you have done a full day of living up to that yes. point. So, it, yeah. you know, I was like, well, maybe we'll, we'll try it in the morning when everybody is a bit more energetic. And what has become a quickly apparent is that with everybody home and everything going on, there's just a lot of chaos going on around us. And um, we are in the process of trying to switch over to a new system and all of that fun stuff. And so it's been a real slog to get to this part. <laughs> Even to say go to record the podcast has been uh, been many, many steps. Yeah. Well, nonetheless, how's it going, Dan? Going good. Had one of those fun get together kind of rehearsals yesterday where we know like been playing the same stuff for a while. It's time to start expanding the book. And it was one of those um, get together and like, oh, do you know this one? Oh, we ought to do that one. It was really inventive and creative and fun get togethers. I hesitate to call it a rehearsal. Rehearsal means something different, but it's a good fun time. So that was good. That was good. We're taking on Hello, Lionel Richie, which means I get to play that tasty, tasty solo, which I've been working working my chops up around that. It's not complicated. It's just there are some moves in it that are neat. There's a place where there's some moving octaves that are cool, but move fast and they come all the way up to the the top of the neck where it's a four fret stretch that gets stretchy as you get toward the bottom of the you know the neck so trying to get my hands around that what and it's super clean like there is no margin for error because there's nothing behind you yeah there are some cool hits that happen in the background as that solo's going on some moments that are like nice we're gonna need to build all of those so yeah yeah like the halfway through right before you go into the octave part where the one hits on the upbeat Mm-hmm. And that kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. It's a great, yeah. it's a great song. It's one of my favorites. And it's one of my favorite guitar solos too, because like oh. you said, it's, it's real creative, but like basic, but not basic. No, the way that it's melodic is just so nice. It, it's cool. It's, yeah. So uh, we were supposed to do Guitar Boys this week. Uh, it didn't happen. There's been, you know, folks have lives outside of uh, playing music. And so sometimes what? you just got to be that and deal with that. Mm-hmm. And last week where I was saying, oh, you know, wife was out of town so i was solo parenting well the project that she was out of town for kept going so we were basically living together but like by ourselves for the literally until friday afternoon because things kept going wrong she was on phone calls at like nine o'clock at night and six o'clock in the morning so it's been fairly busy now the other thing that's happened is that our october was totally up in the air last week because we were trying to figure out the Friday the 13th situation and the venue that we were going to is bouncing us around on dates. And so that was kind of iffy. And then the warped corporate thing was up in the air. And in the course of like 48 hours, all of that stuff got solidified as well as some other things. So like now our October is super slammed and we've got a lot of work to do because we've got to spin up a Halloween thing. We've got to spin up the pop pump thing. And it's a 90 minute set. We were doing much shorter ones. So we've got, uh, we got a work cut out for us. And yeah. um, so Guitar Boys is happening this week without fail because it has to. And uh, we're just, we're about to hit the ground running uh, for a very busy and diverse October. Cool. I've got that one gig that I mentioned on the Slack that is not followed up yet, but it'll be a fun story if and when we get that locked in because the parameters around that specific gig are very interesting. And uh, whether it happens or not, it'll be a fun story to talk about. So stay tuned for that. Sounds good. But other than that, that's what we were doing. I don't think it's any mystery that I did not do the rig rundown this week. I'm literally, the, the HX stomp is sitting right here. And one of these days, I'm just going to do it. And it's just going to be, it's going to be so great. And you're going you're to see it and you'll be like, oh, 
This was oh, so worth the wait, you guys. Yeah. But until then, you're just going to have to, you know, bide your time. Somehow we'll get along. I think I think there's uh, a... <laughs> you guys we'll, get a we'll, weekly we'll... episode, you know? Yeah. And a bonus app if you're on the in the Patreon, which has been real busy and uh, and some new folks, yes. which has been great. And yeah, I mean, things are moving and grooving and I feel like everybody's summer is winding down and fall's kind of winding up and it seems like there's just a lot going on in our world. So hopefully that's happening for you guys as well. Yeah. Cool beans. All right. It's time to do review time. This is a five-star review on Apple Podcasts by K.A. Smith 81. This is a short one. It says, witty and helpful. Dan and Adam, top billing, want to see their listeners succeed at whatever level they play the cover band game at. If cover band life is your hobby or profession, this show has something for you. Big thanks to K.A. Smith 81 for the kind words. If you'd like to hear your name mentioned on the show, five-star review on the podcast platform of your choice is the way to do that. And uh, I don't have any other housekeeping type stuff. In terms of billing, I'm on record saying Adam and Dan flows more smoothly than Dan and Adam. Dan and Adam. Adam having top billing just makes it sound better. There's reasons why it works. Yeah. But there is a lot of D's and A's and N's. It's, yeah, that's true. Or Adamandan. 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 It's what the, um, the. Isn't that what, uh, Wolverine's claws are made of? Thank you. That's what I was headed toward. But then I, then I got, I got screwed up on the, on the Captain America shield, which is vibranium, different stuff entirely. I, I, you know, my whole brain melted down there thinking about. Not to be confused with unobtainium in the. Unobtainium is a different thing entirely. What a stupid thing to name that. Like Avatar uh, in and of itself. Again, we're welcome to Movie Band yeah. Confidential, where it's the uh, the show within the show. <laughs> That's right. That's all we're That's doing. Right. Listen, the, my, my favorite of all those was on Star Trek, where they had somebody was firing something and they counted it with an interferometric field. Ooh, I like that. That's a fun I, word. Yeah, yeah. Making up words is fun. On the, the social medias, there's this whole thing that's going on right now with couples speaking in their marriage language, where it's like you show somebody a picture of something and then it's like the cutesy wootsy thing that you say to your spouse or your partner. So it's not chicken, it's chimkin. It, anyway, it's been very prevalent on my uh, my social feeds this week. So okay. that's why it's top of mind. None of this matters. None of it. <laughs> it's not really what we're here for, but... Guitar stuff matters. Drum stuff, gear stuff, all matters. Oh, speaking of which, tomorrow I'm going to go pick up the uh, the QSC K12. It is fixed. There's two boards in that, uh, in that setup and uh, the IO board is the one that apparently never goes bad and it's the one that went bad. So huh. lucky all me. Right. There you go. But uh, I think all in just under 200 bucks, which again, I've had these things for six years and have made gobs and gobs of money from them, 200 bucks right. for a repair, as long as it stays the way that it's supposed to, right. uh, it's probably worth it. But uh, I may be looking for new powered speakers. Once once they once they go bad, it's hard to it's hard to have the trust yeah. maintained. That really is the thing. It's a trust issue. Well, I've heard the new K-series have like all this DSP and all these doodads, but that they're less reliable than the previous version, which makes me less apt to even try them out. So there, there's a there's a tightrope to walk there. If we went all, all the way back to amps and passive speakers, those things were dead reliable, but nobody wants to use those. Like they're brutal to work with. Very large and impractical. Yeah. So, you know, you got to find the right balance for you of, of uh, simple enough to trust, rich enough in features to use. Yeah. Yeah. Understood. So as far as what we're going to talk about this week, uh, there's definitely been an uptick on uh, those of you reaching out to us through uh, the email or on the website through the contact form. And uh, we've got one big one and then a second one that we can pop in if uh, if we need uh, to fill the, the time out. But there's also two or three others that uh, are going to pretty much warrant their own uh, episode topic as well. So 
you know, for us, this is great. We really love the opportunity to let you guys kind of steer the conversation because we can talk about stuff. Um, but as you have noticed recently, uh, it's going to be movies and um, <laughs> not necessarily gig related stuff. <laughs> not every, the stuff you're here for. Yeah. Yeah. Also, we've, we've gotten um, three inputs through the coaching request form. So as we said last week, we're, we're shifting band coaching from being a Patreon top tier benefit to being something we're just going to do as part of the regular rotating content of the show. And that means it's open to anybody to request it and be part of it. And so the link for that form will be in the show notes. If you didn't uh, catch it last week, please do. We'd love to talk with people about their bands and talk about how to get to the next level with stuff. Um, and the, the barrier to entry on that is essentially fill out a form. Well, and it, it just occurred to me that uh, as much as we've been talking about it on the show, I haven't brought it up on any of our socials. So no. that will be my project for this week. I'll put a link to the forum on our link tree so that uh, folks on other platforms can take advantage of this. Uh, cool. But the, the plan, once we kind of get like a, a solid backlog of folks that want to do it, is to try to do one once a month and kind of have a standing episode where we just do band coaching. Um that way you guys have uh, a particular kind of thing that you can look forward to and, and know what to expect every week. So uh, that is the the current plan. So if you didn't know about it or you haven't hopped on the, uh, the bandwagon to apply for that, please go ahead and do that so that we can um, get these started. Yep. You know, our hope, we should probably follow up with these folks and start getting a schedule put together so we can crank for them sure. out. For sure. All right. So this week... Wanted to talk about an email that came in at the end of last week. I mentioned it uh, briefly on last week's episode and wanted to make sure that we did our due diligence to go through it all. So uh, this is from Brian Gray, uh, who reached out. Uh, yeah, it was end of last week, August 27th. And his question is as follows. And this is, I mean, as far as topics go, this is something right in our wheelhouse, something that we uh, definitely have very constructive thoughts around. So here we go. Uh, Brian says, I'm wondering if you could discuss band show personship sometime. Uh, what I mean is the band's charisma on stage. I see cover bands whose members seem to hide on stage. They dress very simply, dark colors, and play well, but quietly, like they don't want to attract the audience's attention. Then there are bands that go all out with costumes and lights and shtick. And of course, bands that are in between, um, which members seem ready to be more forthright, but not sure how to grab the audience's attention. What changes can musicians make? Sing more powerfully, go from coffee house mode to club mode, add lights, dress more interestingly, interact more with each other on stage in the audience, change their entire personality. Just kidding. Sort of. And <laughs> thanks for the thoughts you have on the little ways the bands can grab the audience a little more. So uh, big thanks to Brian uh, for reaching out. And uh, I think there's lots of little tiny things that we could suggest for those uh, specific deals. Yeah. Where should we start? Well, maybe the place to start is in um, attitude. You know, if you if you, just take that case of that band that he mentions first, the, the dress very simply in dark colors, kind of seem to want to hide on stage. I think that those people are, um, and I've been a bit. That's been me. There's been a time that was me. Sure. Um, I think that that time. I was unaware of what I could be doing and the difference it would be making. And then there was a phase where I became aware of that gap, but I didn't feel like I had what it took to cross that gap. I felt mm. like I felt like it would I, I felt like it'd feel silly. I leaned into that sort of people should be coming to see my great chops and not 
you know, the, whatever else I would be doing to be a, a thing to look at. Yeah. Um, this was self-conscious about being looked at. I mean, that was kind of the thing. Right. And so, um, I think that is a fundamental to this whole conversation. I think if you find yourself as somebody who's, you know, yourself as shy or introverted, or you're hoping that your, um, skills on your instrument are what's the draw, um, which may be the case, but there is sort of a confidence factor to get over. That's the, unless that's happening, anything else we talk about is not going to land. Yeah, confidence is a, is a relative term. Like you don't yeah. necessarily have to be the person that is the life of the party and the center of attention, but you do have to project that sort of kind of essence or elements. Uh, in your performances in order for them to be engaging. And yeah. ultimately, that's what this is about. Because when I, it's an interesting conversation because when people talk about showmanship, showpersonship, what have you, it's very much centered on the performer and what the performer can do. But in reality, what you what the performer is doing is a series of things in order to be engaging to the people in your audience. So yeah. really, this is more of an audience-focused thing and not not an internal contemplative for sure. concept. For sure. Yeah. In fact, that that internal focus is the antithesis of what we're talking about. Yes, and, and look- Holding you back. Exactly. And um, I, by all I've heard, David Lee Roth was born that way, all right? The yes. guy came, like, I came out of the womb leaping around in tight pants. Um, That'd be hilarious, actually. But <laughs> you should be clear, he's the outlier. You're, the, the expectation is not that you already have any of that, right? Um, but that doesn't mean that getting to that level from wherever you started is an impossibility. Um, and I know there are probably people like, well, I, you know, I'm more serious than that. I wouldn't want to be. I'm like, okay. But there will be some place to land in terms of your stage persona. And that really is what we're talking about is a stage yeah. persona. Um that is somewhere between hiding on the corner of the stage and leaping off the drum riser. Yes. So, you know, I think we, we could sit here and talk about the, uh, the milieu and the kind of heady concepts around it. But I think what, uh, what Brian and, and a lot of folks are looking for are, are practical, for sure, implementable things that they can do to, to do these sorts of things. So what are some small, simple changes that uh, anybody listening to this could make uh, for their gigs coming up this weekend. Yeah. Well, here's, here's one move. Yes. All right. So currently I'm essentially in a power trio. I have a second singer, but um, mostly I'm, I'm the only guitar um, and vocals. So, which means I'm, I'm pinned down to a mic most of the time. Um, when I'm not, I'm roaming around the stage. I'm roaming around the stage and I'm dancing. And when I am singing, I'm still moving my body like I'm dancing. I'm still, you know, in the groove and in the beat and in the move. Now that's that's a thing that I trained myself to do. I realized sometime back that I was really pretty static on stage. And um and so I went to work getting more loose and more uh, um physically mobile. Um there was a trick for that that we talked about on the pod a long, long time ago, which was the laser pointer trick. You remember this? Yeah, I think so. Go, go ahead and refresh our our listeners' memory. Yeah, I so, definitely remember. Of course you do, obviously. Um, all right. Um, as you're playing, let's imagine you're a guitarist. Mm -hmm. 
This works mostly for guitarists, although maybe other things too. You want to imagine you have a very high-powered laser attached to the headstock of your guitar pointing out the neck. And if it lingers too long in any one spot on the wall or the ceiling, it's going to burn a hole and the venue's going to be mad at you. And you don't yeah. want to do that, right? So you got to keep that thing moving around. You can't keep it in one spot too long. Um, it's silly, kind of dumb, but uh, actually thinking that way help, helped me loosen up a lot. Yeah. Uh, and as far as movement goes, there's there's definitely a technique behind it because what you really are are wanting to to do is to make the stage show as a whole more engaging. Yep. And one way that you can do that is by moving around, but if you aren't doing that movement intentionally, it can kind of start looking like a 5-year-old soccer match <laughs> where like there's just this kind of like amoeba blob yeah. that's just like roaming the stage uh and and what you end up doing is you end up with like a corner of your audience that is as far away from the players as humanly possible because they're all doing something somewhere else so one thing we always talked about is that there were zones that needed to be populated at all times hmm. so if you as the guitar player are going to go from your main spot to another position, maybe upstage towards the drum riser or uh, to the right to interact with your bass player, let's say. When that happens, the other players on stage should be situationally aware of what is going on and then move in relation to you to fill the space that you just vacated. Maybe not directly, like if you're if you move from back behind your mic, and then go somewhere else. Like they don't need to stand in front of your mic, but they need to, you want to make sure that the, the stage is always balanced. So, yeah. you know, much in the way that you were talking about the, the laser pointer that could burn a hole in the, uh, in the ceiling. Uh, you also th want to think about the stage, like it's on a, uh, on a pivot point. Mm. And if it gets too heavy on one side, it's going to tilt or fall over. So yeah. think about ways that you can um, intentionally move around so that, uh, you have the freedom to interact with other uh, your other musicians while also making sure that the people stage right aren't you know having to look all the way across the stage because everybody just left their right. side. Right, right. So, so that's another thing. Yeah, well, you know, and then one thing that was you actually kind of referred to it just now in theater, everything on stage wants to be justified somehow. There's a reason why I'm crossing stage right. It's to get over to where I. I'm going to pick up the book that I'm then going to sit down and read or, you know, right. th there's reasons why you're doing all that. So if you're just roaming the stage, I feel like moving over here for a minute, that's unmotivated and doesn't tell any kind of story. But if, if that guitarist zooms across the stage and like has a moment of interaction with the bassist, right. Or, you know, turns around and yells something like drummer or something. If there's some reason for that movement, it's a lot more powerful than if there's just, chaos happening just random walking around stuff yep uh there was something about like dressing more interestingly um you know i i think that you should st stand out as much as you feel comfortable yeah doing um but i also feel like there's a kind of a cliched kind of look for uh let's say a, a rock band guitar player do you have to take on that mantle no you don't. So spandex is optional. Yes. And if that's something, if it works for what you're doing, then, you know, knock yourself out. Yep. Uh, my band's got a very specific look. 
Um, and it has kind of evolved over time. Uh, we now have such a wide kind of merch line that based before it was just like we had these tuxedo t-shirts, the eight bit ones that look like mm -hmm. arcade games um, and the jackets. And over time that has evolved. So maybe somebody wears one of those, but then we've got like the just a small town girl shirts, or I have the, um, you know, during COVID we made the don't stand so close to me shirts. Right. Um, right. I've also made some, like, I've got like one that says choose life, like the, um, the wham shirts from mm -hmm. wake me up before you go, go. Um, and so that's now become a part of the look because one, you're, you're showing unity by wearing what the band sells, but it's also advertising. We're like, Oh, yep. that shirt's cool. Where do I get one? Well, we have them. You can yep. buy them on our website. So don't necessarily go out of your way to wear something ridiculous. And if you feel ridiculous, uh, wearing something, people can tell. And <sighs> so where's stuff that's comfortable, uh, but don't, don't go so far out of line and, and, and be okay with that kind of like changing over time. It's come to my awareness that like, I don't want to wear skinny jeans anymore. Mm. I feel like my time in skinny jeans may be wrapping up. And so every other pair of, so I wear black jeans to all of our shows yep. and it's like, okay, I have this whole backlog of these, these things, but it's like, okay, I, I, I don't, it's, it's time to, to change that up. Mm. So now I'm I'm currently on the hunt for uh, a new pair of uh, of show pants. That's uh, good. If you have any non skinny suggestions, uh, coverbitconfidential@gmail.com. I'm all ears. They just <laughs> pants be cast. Yeah, hey. yeah, yeah. Listen, I we don't have um, in my band. We don't have any particular costume people wear what they're uh, what they're comfortable in. I'll say more about this as it evolves. But we're looking at some branching out into specific. Like you have different brands for different topics. It will get a little more costumey as we move into that kind of stuff uh, to sell that brand. But uh, but for the general purpose stuff, I pretty much wear jeans and a black T-shirt to yeah. play. It's pretty much my my costume. You, it's funny you mentioned that. Um, just refresh my memory. Um, when I was playing in my original group, as we, like as we kind of like went on, it turned into a situation where we basically all had a color. Oh. So it wasn't like you had to wear something, but everybody had like a lane that they stayed in. So. For a while, mine was like green. I was wearing like this kind of like these neon green kind of elements, whether it was a shirt or a bandana or whatever. And then uh, that became purple. And so that was kind of the, and, and our other guitar player was like this kind of like electric blue mm. and our singer was pink. And so like it, it kind of was just a way when you were looking for show stuff to kind of inform the direction you were going to go in. Mm -hmm. So you know, I found this plaid shirt that was like military style, but it was like it, primary color was purple. So I was like, all right, yeah, that, that'll be a thing that we can wear. Um, and, and so it doesn't have to be really intense. It could be as basic as uh, Steve wears blue. And mm -hmm. so all whatever Steve goes to the store and or goes through his closet, he finds all the blue stuff that he thinks looks cool on stage. That's all you have to do. So yep. it, it, don't overthink it. When we started, it was very into like we were all wearing Chuck Taylors, and that's all of that has fallen by the wayside because uh, now I couldn't wear Chuck Taylors to do a, a three-hour show if you put <laughs> yeah. a gun to my head. God, forget so, it. Those it, it, these things can change over time, and it's all just figuring out you know what works for you uh, in whatever season you're in. Uh, do you need to change your entire personality? No. Uh, the thing that I I think is the most important. And it's got nothing to do with what you're wearing. It's got nothing to do with how you move. It's got nothing to do with any of the other stuff that we've talked about. The thing that I think is most important 
and is the most impactful for your audience is if you guys look like you're enjoying yourselves. Yeah. It could be as simple as smiling. That's it. Like, what if you did absolutely nothing different from your your the show you did last week, except you just smiled way more? Yeah. Yeah. I think saw, about how big of a difference that would make. Yeah. I saw, um, and I'm sure it's from something that my Taylor Swift fans are going to hate me for not knowing how to call this out properly, but I saw a video somewhere of Taylor Swift, like about to go on stage and she's like giving herself a little pep talk. And one of the things she said that stuck with me was don't get dead face. Mm. And I was like, Ooh, cause I sometimes see pictures and videos of myself playing and I'm like, I look very, very serious. Yeah. And, um, so that's a habit I'm trying to break, uh, actively. And I think I'm, I think I'm getting there, mm-hmm. but yeah, that might be the number one thing is to, to look like it's fun, be like it's fun. If you're not leading that way, you, the room's not going to, not going to have fun either. And, and by the way, speaking of t- change their entire personality, you could. Yeah. It's on the table. As a non-gregarious person, uh, when I am trying to be engaging, like very big eyes, like, mm-hmm. I'm doing, like. Uh, I don't do it quite as much as I used to. I probably need to get back into it. It's the magic trick where every chord, you're just as surprised oh, as yeah. everybody else is. Yeah. Like, yeah. And that's so much better than like being the cool guy. I mean, that, that that's a valid vibe too. But um, the point is your, your stage persona is not your walking around the streets persona, right? If you, if you um, identify the gap in addressing an audience that your like normal guy is, then close that gap on stage. Nobody's going to mind if you act different on stage than off stage. That's what a stage is for. And it, it, again, it comes down to like the confidence of doing that, the, um, the willingness to alter yourself for purpose of performance. Not everyone's willing to do that, but yep. think about it. Um, well, and the thing that I, if you're trying to, cause I, I feel like this is something I see all the time. There's a under band members on the band members subreddit. There's always people talking about like, how do I make, how do I do this? Yeah. And um, one thing that I always d- like I did as I came up is I would just I would go to shows or I would watch performances and just pay attention to what everybody's doing yeah. and just imitate that. 100%. So like uh, a buddy of mine would do this thing where when he sang, he would put the, the mic up to his face and kind of hold hold the microphone like with his palm between his face like his, like the, the microphone was like on his chin and it was over his face and he would just talk like this into it. And it was like this interesting thing that I, hmm. I, I tried it and it, I did it for a couple of shows and I was like, I don't know if this is necessarily like the thing that works for me. And it didn't, it didn't stick, but some stuff does. And it, you do kind of, ha- it's a matter of, um, you're basically just the, the sum of your influences. Yeah. So if David Lee Roth is a big influence of yours, you, you ape some of his moves and then maybe you are really into another artist that has a particular kind of like way that they, they move on stage and you can take a little bit of that. And over time you just kind of accumulate these little tricks or these little moves that you, you incorporate as you perform uh, and that becomes your persona. Yeah. So it's, it's just basically uh, an amalgamation of, of all the things that you've accumulated over time. Yeah. Now, now there's also there's a four letter word in here. It's not really four letters, but some people are afraid of uh, saying it or, or utilizing it, and that is shtick. Shtick. So for most people, the the concept of shtick is a um, a rehearsed component of your show. Repetitive, 
Um, yeah, recallable. Yeah, recallable worked worked right. Worked through, worked yeah. out. Yeah. yeah. And for everybody who kind of thumbs their nose at that, it, it, that's a self harming mindset hmm. because ultimately, whether you think that it's cheesy or it's played out, you are not the person that is in your audience. That's right. You're trying to do these things so that it's fun for people to watch you. Yep. And so whether you think choreography is something you shouldn't be worried about or like that's something only cheesy bands do, my band does it. And it's those moments are ones that people really seem to enjoy. Yep. And sometimes when you do those things, it encourages the audience to do it with you. Yeah. And then you have a group of people in front of you, i.e. your crowd, dancing. Isn't that ultimately what you want them to do anyway? Yeah, that's what we're here for. Well, that's not what we're here for. We talked about that last week. But yeah, it's good news when that's going on. Yeah. And we don't have like a ton of them, but there's like a couple, like we do like a little uh, a little move for the do-do-do-do's in uh, Hungry Like the Wolf. Right. There's also some step kicks in Hungry Like the Wolf. Yeah. So like where they, you know, during the chorus where the, there's the, uh, the symbol hit in between where it's like sent like a sound, bam, there's a little kick there. Yeah. And maybe I do it. Maybe Amber and I do it. Maybe me, Amber and Joey do it. Maybe everybody does it. Yeah. Um, and, and there's a, a handful of those. They're not, and they all happened organically on stage at some point you, you walk off stage and you're like, Hey, that worked. Yeah. Well, let's try that some other time. It's not something yeah. we do in rehearsals. It's just, it's a thing that, I mean, they're going to happen eventually because at this point, members only has been on the, uh, on this planet for almost 10 years hmm. and these things have just kind of accumulated. And so now we have a pretty well orchestrated choreographed live show for those moments and and people some people who are our fans like they know it's coming and it's a thing that they participate in as well yeah. and if you've never seen us before they're like oh like they know what they're doing yeah i mean that's really what it is if somebody sees the band do something in unison they go oh they're actually taking this seriously yeah that's typically the move and if somebody is like ugh, that's so cheesy like they're not your target audience like we're playing duran duran be- like cheese is baked in Yes. Ooh, baked in cheese. That sounds delicious. Mm, that does sound good. I, I liked it. I came out of like, a, like a crispy yeah. cheese moment. Yeah. Yeah. Anywho. Yeah. A little Brian Crute. Anyway. Um, yeah, for sure that. And then in my acoustic life, I have a whole set of marketing shtick that I do and I call it out. As we come, come back from the break or something, I say, all right, who's ready for some marketing shtick? And the whole room's like, oh, okay. And like they, they get that it's coming. They get that it's a patter. Um, and I do, I do the things that I want to talk about, which are, uh, signing up from the mailing list, um, stickers and tip hat and the Dan Ray special besties club. And what's cool is sometimes like I'll get, I, 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 I know I'm going to talk about those things and I have some ways that I do it, but I kind of do it fresh every time for myself and my own tolerance of it. But sometimes I'll get two of them done and be like, what's the, th- and I've got enough people there who've been with me and through it and know the shtick that like. They can prompt me like, oh, yeah, 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 the, yeah, the, the stickers, right, whatever. Um, so calling out shtick as shtick gives you a lot of room to do shtick. That's what I've discovered. Yeah. So we've got a couple of other things that we do, and we only do these for public events because typically if you're doing a corporate event, you you don't want to have to do these kinds of moves. Um, 
But because we, especially for like members only being an 80s band, um, anytime I go to like a Target or a Walmart, I am always going to go to the bin, the DVD mm. bin, where you can get like five movies for like five bucks and like a little kind of compilation deal. Any sort of iconic 80s movies, uh, I, I grab them pretty much anytime we go out somewhere. And then we have set breaks built into our, our show and they're called out. And actually, when we're using Able Set, we can put the information that we want to talk about during that set in the like in the margin so that yeah. when it comes up, you're like, all right, you're going to cover this, this, this and this. Um, but one of the things we uh, I got actually, hold on one second. It's um, I ordered this on Amazon. It's uh, it's it's just a bunch of 80s trivia cards. Nice. And so, you know, we'll we'll go during during a set break and I'll just, I'll pull the stack out and then it's like, all right, it's time for 80s trivia. And um, what I'd like to do at some point is we'll get like slides uh, like we have in, in pro presenter, like literally where you can put them up on a screen mm. and make it a focal point of the, uh, of the show. And when somebody answers the correct one, they get a free DVD and it's, it's super cheap promo. And you've got an audience of people who are one paying very close attention because they know if they are paying attention and they are participating, they get something for free. Yep. And it doesn't necessarily have to be a DVD. It could be a piece of your merch. It could be a koozie. It could be a pair of sunglasses. It could be literally anything you can think of. If if you're uh, if you don't have an Oriental Trading uh, catalog coming to your house, order like just have them send you one. Yep. And and find something that kind of works for whatever your branding is, and get uh, a gross of them, whatever that thing is, and uh, give them out, hand them out, throw them out. It's just, it's super easy to do. I mean, you could go as as far as like having, like, just think about it like as a marketing budget. What if you got one of those, you know, they got those guns with that like shoot the, the dollar bills out? Sure. What if you just went to the bank and got 50 bucks and you literally were just like, you shot 50 bucks out into the air? That'd be engaging. That, I, I think you, you, you'd turn some heads. Yeah, yeah. And then, and then you'd ask the, the bartender, like, oh, who played here last night? Oh, is this a group? They were like literally throwing money at the audience. It was ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And anybody who was in that in that crowd would remember that. Yeah. And you know, maybe, maybe next time they'd show up with like gloves wrapped in like masking tape, so they could like grab Something. more. Whatever it takes to be engaging, it's is worth the effort. Yep. Totally. Yep. Any other? I, I feel like we we covered. So we talked about uh, dressing. You know, one, one, so one of the things um, in in the question he mentioned, sing more powerfully. Um, here's just How a does note feel about that. Well, here's a note on that. So um, we recently added um, "Sugar" Rune Five, mm -hmm. and I played it now a couple of times with the band. And um, my wife said, "You need to you need to sauce that one up. You need to give it like there's some. He's you know he's gonna he's going to get some. He's he's after it." And um, it's like, I don't quite, I can't get my head around what that means operationally, but noted. Um, so the other night I was playing it at an acoustic show that she was at. And um, and she was like, she came up and was like, you know, Just made kind of like business. a, give me more of it. And so I like dug in, you know, and she was like, she approved. So um, sing more powerfully is a thing. Just experiment, experiment with digging into songs and emoting them harder. And um, that's a worthwhile place to expand your chops to. Throw in a little grid on something that doesn't normally yeah. have it. Yeah. Or go full Dan Band and just start dropping F-bombs in between lyrics that don't have them. Totally. It's a it's a thing you can do. You can do that. 
because ultimately the the intent with whatever your band is doing is that whenever the show is over and folks sober up and uh, they're out the next day, you just want them to turn to somebody that was either there or was that or wasn't that went. We saw this group last night and it was like wild. They did X, Y, and Z. Yeah, that's really what you're looking for. You want to you want to be memorable in a way. And whatever that way is. And hopefully it's not, we saw this band, they were super boring. Or we saw this band, they were terrible. Yeah. And even it, does, it and that's got nothing to do with how well you play. Because what if you were just like out there and you were like throwing your guitars around and it was this wild spectacle. And maybe you didn't play to the level of precision you normally do. But like it was just so wild that it people didn't notice. Because we already know that for the most part, the things that we think are essential don't matter at all. Right. So what if you just were like, screw it. Like, I'm just going to go full out. And it doesn't matter if I miss a couple of notes or if I'm late on this cue or whatever. I'm just going to like, I'm going to leave it all out on the floor. What if you approached Saturday's gig like you were a professional basketball player and you're like, you left it all out on the court? Yeah. What if the, what if the musicianship is... It's questionable, but the energy is undeniable. Well, suddenly you're the Sex Pistols. Yeah. And, and each one of those has value. And uh, people don't necessarily say, oh, that band was so talented. Oh, that band was so precise. They're yeah. not going to be like, that band was good. That band was fun. Like, those are the things that you're you're aiming for. You want good and fun. Mm -hmm. Anything other than that, I don't know if you necessarily need to worry about it. Right. Because I definitely know that there were shows where... um I, I broke a sweat doing silly things and, you know, may not have like, if you go back and listen to the recordings, yeah, I flubbed a couple of guitar parts, maybe because I was like doing windmills and yeah. just those, those, but the thing that you see versus the thing that you hear, like people, it, 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 it we are a visual medium. Yep. So you need to be visually engaging, whatever that means to you. Exactly. Now I will say one other thing. Um, and, and this is something that, uh, has taken me time to figure out is, and this is something, this is a universal deal. Um, I say this to all of uh, the musicians I work with, and, um, this is just something to keep in mind. It is perfectly acceptable for you to have a good time playing a show. Yeah. However, the moment you start having that fun at somebody else's expense, you mm. have crossed a line. Yeah. So whether that's, uh, at the expense of somebody in your band or it's a person in the audience or a group of people in the audience, there is a threshold that you do not want to cross over because there've definitely been shows where like I was kind of burned out and was dicking around on stage um, in a way that made it look like I didn't care. Mm -hmm. And that I was like kind of taking the, taking a piss as far as the, the performance goes and that's not okay. Yeah. And that's, that's also noticeable. So take it seriously. And it's okay to be goofy. It's okay to be fun. It's okay to do that. But just make sure that you're doing it for the right reasons and you're not aiming that uh, unnecessarily or in a, like a non-nice way. Don't be mean. Don't be mean. You, definitely, you, you generally don't want to be mean to anybody. Yeah. Because if, you, if, if somebody in the crowd sees you being mean in one way or another... 
that yeah. changes the energy in the room. That's going to change the way that they respond to you. And uh, it's very, if that line gets crossed, it's very hard to walk it back. Right. So don't right. do that. That's a, it's a crowd loser. Yep. I feel like, I think we, I think we nailed it. I think so too. And so um, we do have another question. Actually, this is something that was kind of. It's related actually. Yeah. Uh, Lance, who uh, put in a request on the uh, the website form, he was asking about lighting. And that's actually something that uh, Gary brought up in his as well. So yes. he was saying, for lighting, do you only light up the band and behind the band, or do you also light up the dance floor? Um, I think you want to make sure that the band is visible. But uh, if you have, let's say, your, f- your four bars, which, I mean, is kind of the standard traveling cover band light rig. Um, yep. If you're putting them on the stage, you want to point them upstage, so towards the back wall behind the drummer. And we typically will take the front two and point them out onto the dance floor. Mm. And then um, we've we've also now recently incorporated uplighting for the front of the stage so that it's more visible. Um, but yeah, I think lighting the, the dance floor is uh, is important. I think you should do that. Yep. I have a four bar that I put on a downstage corner and I focus each of the lights on one of my players. Mm-hmm. And then I have a gig bar, which has some moving pieces and some lasers and stuff. And I put that upstage center behind the drummer and I put it, I, I, I shine it out across the room. Mm-hmm. So dance floor and whatever else. And then um, I have a hazer, a Chauvet mm-hmm. hazer, which puts out not fog, but a, a, a finer, a thinner sort of haze into the air. But that's important because it makes... What? Yeah, thickening the air up. That's what you're. Th- yeah, exactly. So the beams of light actually look like something going through it. it makes a mm-hmm. huge difference. Um, For sure. So that's what I do. I and, and I do think it's important to light the dance floor, light the room. It adds a ton of energy. Yeah. Here's a trick though. My and I had to I had to have my um, my uh, equipment manager. We don't call him a roadie. Um, train in this. Um, what we we set up that gig bar before the show, along with everything else. But we do not leave it plugged in until we start playing. We plug it in at downbeat mm-hmm. um, because you want that moment of turning the energy on. That's yeah. that's um, uh, just a little trick I picked up. Yeah, uh, and at some point, it's it's probably wise to get uh, DMX programming figured out. Yes, it's uh, it, it is the the next step up from just like setting lights up. Like if you can make the the lights do something in coordination with the music. It's a massive production level yeah. up. Yeah, I have mine on random right now, and it, it kind of sucks, but it's better than the built-in um, like microphone-driven beat changer. I've found that to be not reliable. And, yeah, it's too um, sensitive. Yeah, 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 and you can dial the sensitivity, but I've never been able to really dial it in the way I like, so I just don't. I leave it on random, which is um, not great, but better than nothing. And uh, yeah, and you, you bring up a good point. A lot of these uh, lighting systems have like floor remotes that you can yes mess around with. Um, the blackout one is is surprisingly powerful. Just the idea that you would black out the the lights when the song's mm-hmm. over yep. that's a thing that it's a way of kind of like explaining to the audience what is happening as the as things go. Yep. Um, but yeah, programming lights is uh, it's a lot, and it's one of those kind of elephant eating productions. Yeah. Um, but you typically only have to do it once. Uh, and once it's done for a song, it's done and done and done. Um, yeah. and then you're just adjusting things and that kind of thing. Uh, video is another great way of kind of bringing that up. One thing I will say about that though, is if you are considering bringing, uh, video elements in, make sure they are not more interesting than you are. <laughs> yeah. They should be accentuating your performance, not, uh, upstaging you. 
So maybe because um, we we've always we've thought about like well what if you put the music video behind you, and it's a cool idea especially with like when you're doing iconic songs, but you we've ultimately decided against that for the most part mostly because people would just watch them right, and so we're thinking about the Halloween stuff maybe we have some clips, but we would just be interspersing those with like visuals like just mm-hmm. like motion backgrounds or images and that kind of thing because yeah. otherwise uh people are staring at the wrong thing and right. you don't want that you don't want that cool so I, I know that we just covered like a ton of ground and if you have any specific questions please let us know coverbankconfidential at gmail.com uh you know stagecraft is a uh is a thing that is just going to evolve and you're going to learn new things and add new things and try new things out and maybe they work maybe they don't uh and i'll summarize it if all else fails, sunglasses. That's go. it. Yeah. That's all you got to do. Yeah. All right, folks. Uh, once again, I want to thank Gary and Lance for uh, chiming in. If you have any specific questions you would like to hear us cover on the show, coverbankconfidential.gmail.com. Uh, if you want to support the show, you can do a lot of things, but we'll go ahead and let Mike tell you those. So from Atlanta, Georgia, I'm Adam Johnson. From Greensboro, North Carolina, I'm Dan Wright. You have been listening to the Coverbank Confidential Podcast for the week of September 8th, 2023. Hey everybody, it's Mike Schulte from the worst name band in America, the Pork Tornadoes. I listen and love this show and apparently you do too because you made it this far. No one makes it this far, but you did, which means that you owe Adam and Dan. This podcast is free and you consume it to its fullest. It's time to pay up. Here's three things you need to do. A, you have to leave them a review on your podcast platform. You're already in the app. Click five stars right now. Write some words. Done. While you're there, share this episode to a fellow musician. There's a share icon on your podcast app. Text it to him and say, you need to listen to this. You need to get better. You're not a good musician. This will help you. Two, you have to follow them on your social media platforms. YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok. Go find them and follow. And D, everything I just said is free and it's the least you can do. But here's where you can really support you. Join the Patreon. This is where you can actually support this podcast that you cherish so much. A small monthly donation gets you access to the Slack channel, which is the best place to be if you're a musician who wants to take your band to the next level. You have some of the best musicians giving advice and helping you out. And it's just a great overall community do it i'm serious do it now do all these things or else the pork tornadoes will come to your town book a show the same night as your band at a different bar i'm serious we'll do it 